It's like uh, everything that, that has been going on in my heart the last few weeks that, uh, that I've been holding this word for. And uh, it's just like, uh, it's like a, a stamp, you know. Like today I, uh, I came into the prayer downstairs that Dennis has been leading before youth for a long time now. And, uh, and uh, I got just a few minutes of prayer, maybe about five to seven minutes. And, and uh, Dennis was praying about uh, God opening up hearts and that the devil wouldn't be able to steal the seed that's being sown today and tonight. And that, that our hearts would be open and that your hearts would be open to hear God, to know what, what, uh, what is priority in our in our in our plans, our hopes, our dreams, and uh, I believe that God is uh, doing something in our church since last Sunday's message. Um, it uh, <laughs> I uh, already shared this with you guys a little bit, but I believe it's one of the biggest biggest things that we could talk about is being born again. I think that's one of our like uh, golden bullets in our revolver when we're hunting the world. Like one of those, how about this one? Can you take this one, right? That's like, if you're going to be an evangelist, you got to know how to shoot that bullet. You got to know how to ask that question. And you got to know that that is the question, right? Um, I, uh, I probably, you know, like... Uh, dovetail pastor's message a little bit but what I uh, what I titled this message is don't have a pharaoh's heart and uh, we've read the whole story of Joseph and and ex- we're in we're in uh, Leviticus now but we read all of Exodus and I read about Moses and we read about uh, how the how the Israelites left Egypt and all the miracles all the amazing things that happened and I wanted to, the biggest thing that stood out in all these stories is, is the hearts behind these characters, behind the, the players in, in, in history, right? The, their hearts, what they decided, how God reacted, what, what happened to their lives. And I uh, wanted to start off with point number one is that, hey, we're living in a war zone. This is, uh, you know, wake up, wake up, red alert, there's a war going on right outside these walls, right now in your hearts, right now in your minds. It's, it's, it's always been a war, and it will always be a war till the end of the world. And uh, that's uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 30. Uh, I wanted to read that, with, start there with you guys. And... Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 30, it says this, 30, 15 through 20. See, I set before you life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to Him, to keep His commands, decrees, and laws. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land. You are, excuse me, you are, entering to possess but if your heart turns away and you are not obedient and if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them I declare to you this day 
that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you are crossing, the Jordan to enter, to possess. This day, this day calls heaven and earth as witness against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Now choose life so that you and your children may live, that you may love the Lord your God. Listen to his voice and hold fast his hold fast to him. I uh I wanted to say that it's it's from the beginning it's been that. It's hey, God is trying to save you. God is trying to get your attention. God is saying, Hey, I'm in control. Hey, I created the world. Hey, I created you. I gave you life. Hey, pay attention. The decisions that you make will affect your life. What you sow is what you reap. I am a fair God. I want to bless you. I love you. But these are, these are, this is who I am, right? All through history, the, what God is trying to do is start a relationship, right? Being born again is God starting a relationship personally with you. That's what it is. And there's a big difference with the characters that we, you know, we've been reading uh, about all the different, all the different, uh, you know, Joseph and 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 Moses and and Pharaoh and and uh, and the Israelites and their heart, their heart condition is what just stood out to me again and again and again. And I wanted to read, I wanted to read a passage that defines uh, uh, the world. I think I uh, I shared a guys for strength that. God tells Moses that I wanted to make a very clear distinction between an Israelite and an Egyptian person. He goes, and this is why I did the ten, ten plagues. I wanted to make it very clear. And the first few plagues, I believe the one with the hail, uh, uh, Moses tells all the Egyptians, those who fear my God, bring your cattle in, come in from the fields, don't go to work that day because it's going to hail. And those who feared the God of, of Moses did that. And those who didn't got hailed. Or hailed, right? <laughs> got, got hailed. <laughs> yes. Um, but it says in, uh, in chapter 7 of Exodus 22 or 23 says this, But the Egyptian magicians did the same thing by their secret arts. And Pharaoh's heart became hard. He would not listen to Moses and Aaron, just as the Lord had said. Instead, he turned and went into his palace and did not take even this to heart. So, here's Moses. He gets a command from God. God's saying, hey, Moses, you know that, that, that dream, that, that passion you had when you were younger, you know, to, to free the Israelites, right? You tried doing that, remember? And... And you killed that one Egyptian dude, and, and then you ran away, and, and, and you haven't been back since. Well, actually, I'm going to do it now. I'm going to still use you. I'm, go forward. Go tell Pharaoh that, uh, that uh, he's got to let my people go. And, uh, and, but he's not going to listen to you. Most likely, he's not going to listen to you. That's, I'm pretty sure he's not going to listen to you. It's, you know, he's sitting pretty cush. 430 years enslaving 
These are like people, you know, free labor, you know, never have to work. I mean, life is good, right? You get, you know, full control over a whole nation for 430 years. You know, plus the whole world gave Pharaoh the gold, right? And, and, and after that famine and Joseph, you know, helping him out, like, Egypt's doing pretty good at this time, right? And, and now you're going to come up to him and say, hey, now we're going we're gonna to go. God is calling us to go. We're going to, you know, we're our own nation. And there's going to be division, and, and you've got to let us go. And most likely Pharaoh's not going to let you do that. But remember Moses, at first he was like, no way, I'm not doing this, right? And then God says, yes, you are. And he says, okay, I'm doing it. <laughs> and he goes, and, he, and, and God gives him a few, you know, things, a few powerful things to show Pharaoh. But as he shows Pharaoh, you know, remember the hand and, and the snake, and he actually, you know, the, he made the water into blood, and the Pharaoh's magicians could do that, which is pretty crazy. <laughs> but Pharaoh decides to go, you know what, I'm not going to listen. This is bogus. I lose free labor, lose this, this dominion and reign that I have on the earth, lose this, because Moses, you came to me and told me that God is telling you this? Uh-uh, I'm not doing this. And, and because he, he could get a, a source somewhere other than you know, uh, God to do something, he didn't, he didn't want to. And he hardened his heart. It says that in, in that place that Pharaoh hardened his heart, didn't want to listen to Moses, didn't do that. Now as the plagues kept coming, what was interesting to me, what stood very interesting is that it said that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. After that one decision, his heart was hard, and then he would even repent and say, Moses, please call off the plague. Moses, pray to your God and call off the plague. I'll let the people go. And then as soon as the plague would be called off, what would he do? Uh-uh, I'm not letting you guys go. Are you guys kidding me? You know, okay, plague number seven, here we go. And, and, and plague number seven would commence, right? And he, it went through, it went through, it almost like, it went through, imagine just one bizarre storm, right? And you're like, oh man, that was crazy. And then another one, and then another one, and then another one. And, and it's just like, what happened to, to the world? What's happening, right? Wake up. Like, people, wake up. Like, pay attention. God's doing something, right? But yet, they kept a hard heart in all. And that's what the, the, the number one question is, man, God is doing so much. God is showing himself so much, but yet their heart condition isn't changing. And uh, later as we read, uh, after the last plague happens, I noticed something very interesting is that Mo, uh, Moses' heart changed. He, he went from being scared to very confident in, in his creator, very confident in God. And, and God told him there's going to be 10 plagues ahead of time. And, and on the 10th plague, he, he told him, I'm going to take the firstborn of Egypt. Or, of Egypt. And when uh, it came to the 10th plague, Pharaoh was talking to Moses, and, and Moses, Moses became very confident. Pharaoh said, Moses, I'm never, ever, ever going to let your people go. I've had it with you and your plagues. I'm so mad. I, I don't care. I, I'm, I'm going to keep a hard heart on you. There's no way you're going to break me. And actually, next time I see your face, you're a dead man. And what does Moses say? Moses says, you're right. You're never going to see my face again. See you later, Pharaoh. Bye-bye. And that's 
I'm like, man, where does he get that kind of courage? Where does he get that kind of a, a heart, right? Where does he get those kind of words, right? It, it, and, and he's going against the world big machine, world power here, right? But he's connected to the author of everything, the one that rules the world, the one who, who controls the heart of the king. You know, we, we're going through some crazy times in our history in America, and I... Uh, I'm uh, working at a person's home who is very liberal, very, very against Trump, very against what's happening there. They have a lot of power and a lot of wealth, and, and they, uh, 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 they're going through this crazy time because everything that they're doing, it seems like it's it, their whole life. They could control things. They could manipulate things. All this liberal push, I mean, it's like the liberal side had the upper game for the last 20 years. It seemed like they were unstoppable. The homosexual agenda, the, everything that's just been, been pushing into in, in, taking God out of schools, taking the Bible out of the, out of the you know, Constitution, pulling the Ten Commandments from our courthouses. It seemed like, man, they were just like, what happened? Like, what's going on, right? And then all of a sudden, Trump wins, right? And, and they're just like, what is going on? So she's like, very emotional. She's uh, all the people that I that I'm doing jobs for that are liberal are very very distraught. They're they're like, this can't be happening. Our our world is turned upside down, right? And and I'm going, man. I <laughs> I'm not. You know, I, Trump isn't the answer. But what I want to say is, God is in control. Don't you know that? Don't you know that God's in control? Relax. Take it easy. Like, I mean. Uh, there is things we should be doing, and there's things we can do, but, but, but God is in control. Uh, it's like uh, over the years and over, uh, over so many different situations, I think Moses' heart came to that point where he's like, man, guys, come on, God is in control. If God said he's going to free the Israelite people, then he's going to free the Israelite people. If God said that he's going to send 10 plagues, he's going to send exactly 10 plagues. It said, hey, 430 years to the day that, that, that God said that my people are going to be enslaved, that's to the day they left. It says 430 years. Right? And here we go, man. Uh, you know, I don't know if God exists. I don't know if, if God's all-powerful. I don't know if God can do that. God can do that. And uh, I wanted to say... That what's the difference between a hard heart and a heart after God? And there's a lot of things different. There's, a, I mean, first of all, you have to have to not have a hard heart. You have to learn to open your heart. That's what Pastor has been talking about. Hey, open your heart to God. Open your heart to God. It's you willfully on the inside going, God. I am opening the door. I am opening my heart. I am opening my mind to understand and know you. To understand your word. To understand who you are and what you want from me. Show me what you want from me. And, and it's this. It's when we learn to, to serve instead of demand. Right? I think the biggest thing that God has taught me in the... The, so many years that I'm alive is that if you want a relationship you're going to learn to sacrifice you're going to learn to give you're going to learn to obey you're going to learn to, 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 to feel to understand to, to, to really hear to really listen to really press in to really uh, I don't want to miss what God 
has for my life. I don't want to miss my calling, my purpose. That's what open heart is. And the opposite, you know, a closed heart is, what, what is God going to do for me? When's God going to answer my prayer? When, when is God going to give me my wife or husband? When is God going to give me my house, my business? My, when's God going to finally tell me what, I'm, what my career is? You know, excuse me. When, when is God going to... Uh, When's God going to do some magical sign in, in heaven and finally convince me that, that he's there, right? That's a hard heart. We can't expect God to do everything for us. He already has done everything on the cross. He already has stretched his hand. He already has shown us how much he loves us. And in Deuteronomy, before he says, hey, today I declare to you, Israelites, that hey, if you want a relationship with me, the difference is life and death. If you have a relationship with me, you'll live. If you don't, if you don't, you'll die. He says, but everything that I tell you, it is not too hard for you. It is not impossible. Right before that, he says, hey, it is not, it's not, it's not undoable, right? All through scriptures, we see men and women Doing that. Men and women, yes, they make mistakes, but their heart is open to God. Their heart is, 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 is constantly going, God, that was, that was a big mistake. Please forgive me, but here's my heart. Here's my life. Here's, here's my actions. Here's, here's everything that I am. Again, please pick me up. Show me. Uh, uh, you know, help me. Wash me. Right? And, and you see their life and you see the results. You see what God did through their, through their life. What God has has did through history through men and women who opened their hearts and said God here I am I wanted to read a, a passage on how hearts grow cold and we read in Matthew 24 that in the end times that people will lose the love of God and have love for themselves right and that's what a hard heart is but I want to read from uh, Ephesians four seventeen through 19. It says, So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are drunken in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts, having lost all sensuality, sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. Now, we have many other passages of things that you could fill your heart other than God, right? Greed is on the bottom, but that's... Maybe that's you know a big one, but we have lust, we have murder, we have we have uh, disobedience, we have rebellion, we have all these things that our hearts could take a shape of, right? Other than love, other than obedience, other than faithfulness. I uh, I I want to say you know I look at Moses's life. Moses was 83 years old when God called him 
to do what, what he wanted him to do. 83. So when he was young, he lived in Pharaoh's palace. You know, he thought he was Ramses. And he, uh, he, he thought he, he had power in himself to free the, you know, to bring justice to the earth, right? Just like all of us. We want to do good, right? But God calls him at 83 years old. That's what the Bible says. 80, he was 83 years old when God called him. Um, for so many years, he was just a shepherd. He, he fleed, lived a normal life, had a wife, had kids, took care of uh, you know, the sheep, and made a living. That's what he did until he saw a burning bush. Until he, he had that God initiate that process again. Say, hey Moses, remember me? Hey Moses, hey, I, I've been watching you. I've been, I know who you are. I know you're Israelite. I know you're, you're my people. I know your heart. See, I think... Moses had the right heart, but he was missing the connection to God. And when God engaged in that connection and he, he went after Moses, Moses gave him his heart, he gave him his life. And, and through that, we got to see that picture. We got to see that, that the Exodus. I want to say that lots of times when. Uh, uh, we get a hard heart is when we're discouraged. When, uh, you know, Pharaoh was discouraged because he saw all the, the, the miracles that his, you know, men magicians could do. And I, I really think they're magicians. They could, you know, put something in the water secretly, sleight of hand, and, oh, look, it's blood. And, hey, you know, I could hide some snake in my shirt, and, hey, look, I made a snake, right? So he got discouraged. He got a hard heart because of, Facts or evidence that was performed and that he couldn't wrap his mind and heart around, so he disqualified it as God. He's disqualified it. I think Moses never got discouraged, even though he he goes, "Man, here I am. I, you know, I, I have an amazing beginning. My mom gave me the truth. I'm an Israelite. I, I feel like I'm supposed to, you know, have this uh, have this heart to free the Israelites. But I tried and I failed, and I don't know what to do next. I don't know how. I don't know how to how to go against Egypt. This is crazy. I'm just gonna go live a normal life. But God, I'm not gonna harden my heart. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna see what happens. And 83, he's called. At 83, he's called to a position that we're like, man, this is this is. Uh, am I am I right? You guys, 80. Aaron, okay. Moses was 80. Okay. Thank you, thank you. Yes. <laughs> um, um, but still, that's old. Like That's retirement. That's like, man, why didn't you give up a long time ago already? What kept you going? Right? And it's this. Hey, I know there's a God. I know He has a way. I know I can't do it. I'm not depending on myself. I'm not depending on me. I'm not self-absorbed. I love you, God. What do you want me to do? Right? I, uh, I know we, we had a lot of uh, uh, missionary fields open up in the last five years. And some of them are really struggling. Some of them, it's like, man, where are all the workers? How come there's no workers? We need more workers. What happened to, to, to people being faithful to ministries? What happened, you know, it's like, man, it's almost, it almost feels like, man, we should just, you know, stop. Maybe we should, maybe we did the wrong thing. Maybe, you know, maybe this wasn't, wasn't uh, God's move. I, at least I feel like that. 
And then I go to God and I start praying. And the God goes, are you kidding me? What is wrong with you, boy? <sighs> Don't you dare let that into your heart. Don't you dare stop for one moment. You wait. You, you keep doing what you're doing. You keep being faithful in what you're doing. You keep searching for God's face in what you're doing. And with due time, you will see the fruit. God, God is faithful. God is able. And it's a condition of our heart. Proverbs 4.29 says, Above all things, guard your heart, for that is where your life comes from. It means you've got to guard your heart from discouragement. You know, a lot of people, when they go out to evangelize, it's very discouraging a lot of the times. Yes, there's awesome stories. Yes, there's amazing things. Oh, man, I got shot at, or, you know, this guy threw his hamburger at me. Yay, praise the Lord, I got persecuted. Woo! But... At the same time, it's very discouraging because you're like, man, I can't get across to these people. And, 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 and it's like, man, why, do I even, why, why would you even want to evangelize, right? But then you come to God's presence and God goes, I need you to go. I, they need to hear. They need you to go. They're waiting for you to come. You, you'll see, you'll see. With due time, you, you have results. You have those, 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 those people that are, that are like, man, Thank you for coming. Right? Thank you for, for doing this. And uh, I just wanted to, to tell you that uh, a lot of you guys came up front to get prayer for, for, you know, to be born again. And I wanted to remind you that when I came back to church, I uh, came back because I knew God stopped me. I knew God gave me a dream. But then I had to make decisions. To read my Bible every day, to pray every day, to find that time to make that, make that priority in my life. And when I started coming to church, I, I, I realized, man, i got to come as much as possible. I went to every single prayer that was possibly scheduled. I, went, I, I started joining every ministry. I, I, I wanted to be here. I wanted to wait to, to God for, to, 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 to start doing something in my life. I remembered what, where I was a long time ago. I remember what I had, and I wanted that. And I remember it was three months Three months that I waited for a breakthrough in my life. And this is me going, you know what? Out with the sin. I'm taking this out. I don't want this. I don't want that. I don't want this. I want you, God. I want you. I, here I am, God. Here, show me that you're faithful. But it took three months. It wasn't just me going, hey, you know what? Okay, yeah, Lord, let's do it. <laughs> no. Pastor says, hey, salvation isn't like that. It's a relationship. Here you are going, you know what, God? I'm opening my heart to you, right? But what I learned was, here God is going, are you sincere about it this time? Are you for reals? You know, when you offend somebody and you had a relationship, uh, you know, hey, you got in a fight or you, you, you were mean or you, you, you did something bad to somebody, right? And then you ask him for forgiveness. And there's no guarantee right away that, he has to forgive you. You have to do something. You know, all throughout the word, if you stole, then you bring that back. And on top of that, something else. That, that was in the Old Testament, right? Here we are trying to start a relationship with God Almighty, but we're trying to do it lukewarm. We're trying to do it halfway. We're trying to do it when we can. 
And God says, hey, we're talking about salvation, your, 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 your destiny for eternity here. You can't halfway do it. You have to be all in. You have to open up your heart all the way. You have to go for it all the way. And I want to say this. Being born again is one of the most amazing things that, 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 that you can have in your life. I think, I think these characters, these people that, that kept the heart soft, that kept the heart uh, humble before God, are people that experienced God and had that relationship understood that that is the most vital thing that they could hold on to, is their, is their salvation, is their relationship with God. Being born again. That's more important than, than your career. That's more important than your hobbies. That's more important than sports. That's more important than, than, uh, than, uh, than getting married. It's more important than buying a house. It's more important than starting a business. Because all that is gone. You stand before God by yourself in your deeds. Right? That's what we're shooting for. That's what we're headed for. And uh, I just, honestly, I wanted to, to go through the Word, and, and we got uh, some scriptures, we got, we got some things to, to hit our hearts, to hit our minds, and uh, I, I think we're ready to pray. I, I, I'm hoping that this will encourage you, that this will empower you to, to, to keep moving forward, to keep investing in the right place, to keep putting your putting in your will, putting in your decision, putting in your effort in this relationship for God. And yes, some days God is 90% of the grace to, 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 to make my day. In other days, I'm like, man, where are you, God? I need you. Where are you? Where are you? Please come. And he's, he's saying, hey, I'm testing you. Hey, I'm, I'm, I want you to grow. I want you to push harder. I want you to, to respond more. Where are you? Where are you? It's a relationship. It's not a done deal. Tomorrow is the next day. Tomorrow is the next fight. Tomorrow is, is are you ready? It's you. Yes, we're a corporate, you know, youth church. But at the end of the night, it's just you and God. At the end of it, even if you're married, it's still you and God. It's not your parents. Your parents can't. Your leaders can't, you know, your friends can't. You have to do the fight. You have to run the race. Let's pray.